Is that Glock? Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, send it! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. My name, as always, is Graham, and joining me today, I was going to say he's Batman, but he didn't go see the film. It's, uh, it's Luke Holmes. No, unfortunately I didn't, Graham. My, no. my friend decided... That he was going to be an absolute penis and not not bother messaging me all day, so fuck him. <laughs> wow, someone's tell us how you really feel. He's getting it when he gets to work tomorrow. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> oh dear, were you looking forward to seeing it? I wasn't. It's was one of them films that I wasn't too bothered about, and then when it came out, a lot of people said it's very, very good, including myself. So, I went to go see it at midnight on Thursday, and. Yeah, it was. I was very, very impressed. I must be honest. I, I didn't know what to expect. So I was very impressed. So I was hoping to chat some shit about it um, with you, but uh, sadness, we cannot. Was there any men in it? Excuse me? Well, it's Batman, so surely there's some men in it. I was going to ask if there's any bats in it, but. Um, there actually was some bats in it, yes. Okay. And, and some men. So if you like both of those things. Then uh, this is this is the movie for you. This is the film for you. Yeah. Uh, jo- jokes aside, it, the the cast is is really really good. I I would talk more about it. Not not for care of spoilers because I could just timestamp away from this and you can just move, mosey past the section. But because you haven't seen it, I am inclined not to get too deep into it. <laughs> Speaking of spoilers, I decided to. Uh, I, I'm a massive fan of Dexter, the TV show. Mm-hmm. Right. And the latest series, well, the re the revival came out last year, and I've only just caught up with all my other shows. And I decided this week I'm going to watch it. So I go online, go to my totally legal streaming service. Yes, very legal, I'm sure. Load up what I thought was the first episode. I guess halfway through watching it, something happens. Then I'm like, right, this makes no sense. How's how is this going to play out? And then I look at the episode name. Turns out I decided to watch the last episode instead of the first one. Oh no! So I know what happens. So there's no point in me watching the rest of the series. Oh, you absolute sausage! No, no, it wasn't my fault. My fault. The website had the wrong bloody episode listed as episode one. Uh, and see this? Are you sure it wasn't episode yeah. eleven? <laughs> <laughs> it might as well have been. Oh, I was fuming, absolutely fuming. And this was the universe's karmic way of. Uh, for your yeah. legality, I'm sure, of streaming. So, congratulations. Pretty much, yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, Instant dear. karma with that one. Yeah, well done to that. And uh, well done to Haas, I should say, as well, because they're, they're, the big news from F1 this week was that Haas terminated both their title sponsor uh, partnership with Euralkali and Nikita Mazepin. So, I guess, look, dynamics of the situation aside, I wasn't massive on this group between the, the Mazapins and Eurakli entering F1 you know last year so I'm not too upset that it has come to a it has come to an end as a it, it was a kind of tease and alluded to uh, you pointed out to me the uh, the the teasing uh, picture has put up on Instagram and their socials of a uh, uh, Pietro Fittipaldi doing some testing around 
uh, well, not testing, sorry, he was driving around Bahrain, which, of course, was the race he subbed in for uh, in 2020 when Grosjean had his accident. So, yeah, it, it seemed like this was brewing. Uh, ultimately, this is what they've done. I'm. We could talk about the, the, the specifics in a sec, but uh, no surprise then about Haas and this decision in the end? No, not really. It was going to come sooner or later because either of visa issues or because he's not allowed to race in the UK f- to start off with, so that's already one track, and I'm sure other countries would have followed suit eventually with how the situation's going on and developing. And the sponsorship, obviously, both come hand in hand. If the driver's not... If the sponsor's not there, then the driver's not going to be there at the end of the day, is he? So, mm-hmm. unless he's absolutely insane, which obviously we didn't really get to see, which is unfortunate, because I think Mazepin is talented. He's a talented driver, don't get me wrong, but I don't think he's quite up to F1 standards just yet. Maybe if he got a couple more years under his belt at the back of the grid, then maybe he'd have been ready to take the next step. But it's a shame in one respect, but in the other respect, kind of glad. It's a weird one. Yeah, look, my 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 I guess the, my level of sympathy for him depends very much on his personal viewpoint of the situ of the whole situation. Um, yeah, you know, depending then, you know, but I, I do think it's fair to say we didn't see the best of Mazepin in F one. Again, this is someone who was very very pacey in F two, uh, won multiple races. He was, you know a very strong runner in Formula 2 in 2020 and this it was just the complete opposite of that in in uh, in 2021 with Haas and against uh, against Mick who obviously he did not get on too well with I'm not I'm sure I'm not that's not outrageous to, to speculate but yeah I I I'd no doubt that this year he was going to do a lot better uh but oh, yeah. we won't obviously see it now and uh, I'm absolutely you know I'm not that upset about it so I was kind of right with my predictions last year. Like, I, I said that he wouldn't make the end of the year. And technically, he's gone out before the start of this year. So am I right in saying that he would do something or something would happen where he wouldn't be in the house for at least some point? Technically, I'm right. Mm. Well, to be fair, <laughs> it had very little to do with him in the end because the yeah. alleged links is to his father, Dimitri, rather than Nikita himself. himself. Yeah. So... Um, but yeah, just, for a change. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, it had very little to do with this in the end. But uh, I'm very, very glad Haas weren't held ransom here, and you know they had the 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 gall and, the, and the, not the gall, but the balls, I should say, too. You know, obviously, I kind of I'm laughing in some ways because they have essentially. You know, Euralkali have obviously sponsored them for last season. They poured, I'm sure, a significant amount of money into, you know, the development for this year's car because they did nothing on last year's car, essentially, after Imola. And now they're just like, well, thanks for all that uh, all that cash. Um, gone. Off you go. Yeah. So uh, that pleases me uh, that they have essentially, um, I guess, reaped them for one year of investment and then... We don't even know how the fruit of that investment is going to turn out to be if they're still at the back or closer to fighting for some points. But uh, I'm glad they weren't held ransom here, and I'm glad they. Look, Gunter Schneider said that you know he, you know the the, the has will be fine without the sponsorship. I'm glad they weren't held ransom. I'm glad they were strong enough to make this decision and not be influenced by you know the financial implications of it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I I think they would have been fine. Well, they've said they've been fine anyway, but 
I'm sure whoever comes in the door will bring in some form of sponsor with them. Anyway, not probably not as much as like someone like Wanyu Joe would have bought in, but mm-hmm. five mil or so for a guess. I'm sure they're going to have to buy if they want to get a certain driver. They might have to buy him out of the seat or something like that. Would be an interesting one. Also, Dimitri's given back the ownership to High Tech as well, so no Earl Kelly branding on the high techs in f2 and in f3 mm. good that is a i would call that a good thing so like again it's a, it's a very un- look obviously in a in a ideal situation the situation that has happened doesn't happen but i guess in f1's world i i think it's a good thing that they're that these people are no longer involved and i like is there i don't think there's any way back for them either to be honest unless you know things <laughs> however things develop um so ultimately i think f1 came out on top in this situation with guarding Haas. oh yeah definitely it is it's good and bad i'm not a fan of how things are going on in the world at the minute but i think for f1 this is a win yeah it's making the best out of a, a bad situation i think in f1 yeah and obviously now f1 has confirmed that there will be no russian grand prix at all in the near future so mm-hmm. that means Agora Drive is not even going to get a chance to be on the calendar, which is a shame because obviously Sochi was not great. So an Agora Drive was meant to be a bit of an upgrade and we're not going to get to see that now, which is I'm, I'm kind of upset about, but not upset at the same time. I'm, I'm very light on the fence with that one. Yeah, I guess having never seen it in action, it makes it easier to, I guess, make your peace with it as I said, in not seeing it. Um, mm. You know, it's unfortunate from the point of view of all the work that went in beforehand. Yes. Um, yes. But anyways, this is the way of things. And yeah, ultimately, I think the right decisions have been uh, have been made. So uh, Mazepin, though, wasn't too impressed uh, about this, as you can imagine. Uh, he's expressed dis- in a statement. He expressed disappointment. And they went on to say, while I understand the difficulties they're reading from the FIA, plus my ongoing willingness to accept the conditions proposed in order to continue, were completely ignored and no process was followed in this unilateral step. Uh, to, to do so that was what Mazepin had to say and he went on to say thanks for uh, he said he'll have more to say in the coming days uh, do we expect this to go away quietly or is Mazepin probably not probably not there'll be some form of legal they'll, they'll, they'll get some or some daft there'll be wrongful dismissal or something stupid like that yeah so I, I hope we won't hear too much about it but Look, obviously, it leaves uh, a vacancy in the F one F one grid, and now everyone's had an opinion on this on this uh, on this empty seat, uh, and they've seemed to completely forget that Country Steiner has already come out and said that you know first first call is going to go to uh, their reserve driver Pietro Fischer-Paldi. So, uh, in the incredible event that they a go back on that word, which why on earth would you say it? Especially if you said it you know, as events were building up here. So I reckon Steiner and Haas have known for, you know, they knew very, very likely that this was going to be the way of things. And like, you didn't, they didn't say it and, you know, think that it wasn't going to happen. So they, that's why they could say it. They, I'm sure they knew that this was likely always going to be the case. So unless they go back on that word and somehow Pietro says no, then I'm going to be surprised if there's anything other than Pietro Fittipaldi in that Haas seat now. I disagree. I I. I, I know he said it, and I know Hass have been hinting it, like like you 
said earlier on, but I, I just don't think he's good enough. But that's that's not what it's about, though. It's that's 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 not, like it's. It, they they might as well have left Mazepin in the car him, at that point. Fisipaldi being good enough is a separate conversation. But that's when I think when Steiner says that, you don't say it unless there is something to it. You don't. You don't. That's that would be horrific PR to uh, just look bad in general. To say, look, this is Pietro's going to get our first call here as our reserve driver, and. Now, again, I agree with you. Like, there should they should look at other options, no doubt. But the reality of the situation yeah. is that's that's what Steiner has said, and that you know, <laughs> to be a man of your word is to is, you know that you know that means something in. Well, I was gonna say it means something in F one. Doesn't always mean something in F one, of course. It means nothing but if your name's uh, <laughs> for, his face, Fulmar. For a smaller team like Haas, it's and for Pietro, who, they, from my understanding, is they really like him and he's a very likable chap oh yeah of course there's nothing against him what I just said but it's it's one of them where I mean, I, won't, I won't be mad at it but I just think hmm so it's one of them rather than so I fully expect that mm. appointment to be the one they make so rather than speculate on who they're going to appoint for that second seat why don't we go over maybe who they should or who would be, I don't want to say better, yeah. but like, I guess, you know, the if they options. hadn't, yeah, you know, if they hadn't said, if they hadn't said what they said, who should they consider and who should be looking to get some drivers into that spot? Uh, why don't you kick us off? Because they're like, I, I read an article on mm. therace.com and I'd say about, there were about six different answers to this question. Yes. I also read this article. So I'll go for the most bizarre one that I saw, first of all, which is Antonio Giovinazzi. Why, of all reasons he's been linked with this seat, I do not know. A, he's in Formula E. B, he was pretty poor in F1. He had the occasional moment where he was semi-decent, and it was more likely in qualifying rather than the race, where he seemed to go backwards. Well, from maybe two races last year, it would be them having to buy him out of his contract with, is it Dragon? I don't, I don't know what it is in Formula E. I don't really pay that much attention hmm. to it. But this would mainly to be pleasing Ferrari as their engine partner. So I'm not sure whether that would be the right way to go. Which I don't think they if need they to want... do because they already have Mick in one seat. <clears throat> yeah, but there's having Mick who's got one year's experience and then there's having someone who's got like four or five years experience which obviously Giovinazzi does have and he's been with a very big team for a long time so I, I can see it from that perspective but there is better options even than Giovinazzi experience wise out there at the moment mm. let me make the case why they would consider Giovinazzi and again I'm not huge either I again I felt like 2021 was a, a borrowed year for Giovinazzi I think he should have been gone beforehand but obviously it, there's a lot of your other candidates that you're thinking of you know have been out of f1 for either a year or longer and giovanazzi would fit the bill as someone who's been in f1 recently you know who has experience with at least a ferrari engine and can at least you know doesn't have to spend a lot of time integrated in learning its mappings and and that kind of thing and look and he would be a big improvement over what they've had arguably the last uh ever since Grosjean 2018 so like after so like 2019 onwards he, Giovinazzi probably better than Grosjean for 
that duration than Mazepin last year. Yeah. So, and obviously Ferrari, of course, whatever, like you said earlier, like a driver coming in might have to bring something. Ferrari could help incentivize incentivize the uh, the deal or the you know to help pass a little bit. Uh, I guess equal even more so, I guess, because obviously they already help them with their parts and that and that kind of thing, and obviously with their their some of their employees being uh, gone over to Haas as well. So Giovinazzi would be, I guess, would makes more sense than you think. I don't like it, but it does yeah. make sense. And Ferrari could be willing to again negotiate a buyout for you know whatever Formula E team he's he's with. Um, yeah, so whichever one that is, <laughs> that could be an option. Uh, the the team I think should be. Again, I don't expect it to happen, but the team that should be absolutely looking forward to looking to do something here is Alpine. And they should be throwing money at Haas and like, please, please help us get Oscar Piastri in a seat. And look, you can have him for two years because obviously Ocon is tied down. If this season goes half as well as Alpine wanted to and Fernando Alonso, as we expect, will perform then why won't that relationship continue other than Alonso having a better opportunity elsewhere, like a Mercedes or something? Yeah, it makes no sense for Alonso to leave if the car's at least in the hunt for wins. Mm, or like that. podiums, even. Yeah, that's it. Like If it's in and around there, and I was him, and there's potential for the car to go to even further heights, then why would you back out of it? Even if he... His age is a factor. I, I still think it's Alonso. He would push past it. He's yeah. done that. He proved that last season. Never mind in two years' time. Yeah, absolutely. So, so obviously, I think Alpine have a great opportunity here to try and again throw again throw some money. You're, you're a works team. There is a cap. You know, there's a cap uh, uh, budget cap in place last year. You know, you've got, I'm sure there's some cash to spare. Haas, you know, could do with some extra revenue after. You know, obviously they're losing their title sponsor. This makes this makes this is the situation that makes everyone bar Pietro Fittipaldi happy. And obviously, look, questions about Piastri as a rookie. I don't think that is an issue because we've seen if you're good enough, we've seen how good was Charles Leclerc in his rookie season with Alfa Romeo. Yeah. He was consistent point scorer. He was up there. He was, you know, obviously went on has gone on to do great things in F1 and will continue to do great things in F1. So Which I don't think that's an issue. <laughs> So I think that's an issue for Piastri. I don't think like he could come in and easily go toe to toe, and if not better than than Mick already. So uh, they really should be looking at that. Uh, should Alpine because it would solve a lot of their issues. And Haas again, a one year deal. I wouldn't see the incentive for Haas to do that, but a two year deal possibly for Piastri to be there. Then and you know and look and maybe if it's, if it's a situation where you you need to recall him, even an option to recall him after a year. They can at least be compensated for such an eventuality. Yeah, or they get another Alpine junior in his place. Yes, you never know. So it's not be one of them type agreements, or they could say, "Oh, if Ferrari decides to stop giving you engines, then you'll have first refusal on a new engine deal with us." Type thing, and we create a partnership of that. F one's all about relationships, always has been, and I'm sure. I I, I don't I don't get why I, I, as soon as like this. Mazepin's situation was even rumoured. I would have been on the buzzer if I was Oscar. I'd have been like, Otmar, get me in that bloody seat now. Oh, I can imagine Mark Webber has been on phones. You, you've got to think, surely. You can't have his talent 
level of talent sitting on the sidelines with his career stalling because that's what it's going to be if he, if it if he's on the sidelines this year and even for another year on top of that which probably will happen if Alonso sticks around and there's no room anywhere else it would be a great learning experience it prepares him well for the Alpine works team and he gets just gets to understand and get used to everything instead of being chucked in at the deep end if you know what I mean. I don't think Ferrari would be so petty as to like the Mercedes were with Alex Albon going to Williams. No, I, I think that'd be, it's up to Haas on that situation, isn't it? I think Haas have only got the relationship with Ferrari for that one seat. But I'm sure Ferrari, if the Russian situation wasn't going on and Mazepin had done something else, I'm sure someone like Robert Schwarzman's name would be mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and like again, the the same problems that apply to Mazepin uh, in terms of you know racing in the UK and that kind of thing obviously would apply to Schwartzman as well. And even though, yeah. even though they're, I would describe them as quite two different kinds of human beings mm-hmm. <laughs> between Schwartzman yes. and Mazepin. Uh, Schwartzman's a very likable guy, but obviously racing under a Russian license obviously has the same issues that Mazepin would have as well. So uh, as much as that would be great, it ultimately doesn't solve a ton of the problems that. Uh, you know, are would be present again as, as nice of a chap as Robert Schwartzman has shown himself to be. So yeah. Um, so sadly, that's kind of the equation. Uh, there are other rumors out there that you know maybe you could go nab Nico Hulkenberg, uh, who is obviously a reserve at Aston Martin. Yeah, that that was that is the one that seems to be going around, and I as much as I wanted to happen, I also don't want it to happen in the same respect just mainly because Hulkenberg has had his time at this point. I, I believe Hulkenberg is a great driver and he showed what he can do, but he didn't get up to that next level. Now, whether that was the car or just him being involved in incidents or unlucky retirements or whatever, I just think he's a very good mid-driver, which would be perfect for Haas in the same respect, mm-hmm. but... There is people like Oscar, like Calamire lot, people like that on the sidelines doing things that aren't really what they should be doing right now that I feel are better suited. But on speaking of Hulkenberg, he would be a great pickup just based on his experience with multiple different teams. His experience is second to none. Out of all the drivers that has been linked, he is the one... If you want an experienced guy, you go to Holkenberg. There is no two ways about it. I think it'd be great to plug in for a year. I understand understand the hesitation of, you know, wanting to have, you know, him to be around long term, like a two, three year thing. I can understand maybe the apprehension in that. Uh, So I I think it'd be a great solution for one year while you assess, I guess, or I guess you, I guess you... I guess you you know you can assess other options or you know uh, have a look hey look F two could have some good choices this at the end of this year you know maybe you want to step into that if you want to decide you know to look at Pietro again or if he gets a few races this year perhaps and then you're you bring in a replacement then the rest of the way to, you know you honor both sides of that you know they do have options too though I think Hulkenberg would be a good solution for this one year yeah definitely and then you've got to think. Even if past that, if like Mick moves on and goes to a... If Haas is still at the back, then I'm sure Ferrari will be looking to try and place Mick somewhere in a more midfield team. Because I don't think Mick will be wanting to stay at Haas for a third or fourth year when they're, if they're at the back of the grid. 
I'm sure there will be an option somewhere where Ferrari will look to place him because it, it won't be a Ferrari for at least another two years at the race going. Mm. And this is they, the this is the argument that you would have to have Pietro in the car because he's one of theirs. If you're having someone that you're bringing stopgap drivers, like we don't know how long Mick is going to be around at Haas, and then you're bringing in maybe someone like Hulkenberg or you know someone of that ilk or Piastri or whatever, you know those are short-term things. All of a sudden, you don't have a team leader. You don't have anyone who's going to have uh, stability or you know staying power long-term. And so this is why you have to nail something to the mass. And obviously, I'm not saying Pietro is going to be a team leader, but he's someone you could have maybe for you know two, three years. And Haas don't really have that at the moment. And you need someone to either, you know, to go on with or to build around. And maybe Mick is that driver. Maybe the opportunities of Ferrari won't materialize. Uh, and then, But then bringing in drivers like Piastri or Hulkenberg, you know, their stopgap. Uh, they're not, you know, so kind of that would be maybe your reason to, you know, you have Pietro, he's one of your own, he's one of your own drivers, you know, you can maybe go from. You can maybe build something from there. I think there is potential there. I can't. You can't be any worse than what Mazepin was last year. That is true. That is true. You've got to think in that respect. Mazepin wasn't great, but he wasn't in a great car in the same respect. Mm. So, well, not that it was Mick to be honest, but you know, yeah, but yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> it wasn't the most stable car, and obviously the 22 spins lol made a made a great impression on the. Uh, F1 viewership. I just look like let me let me phrase it better this way. Look at Alfa Romeo. You know that second seat with Guan Yu Zhou. We don't expect Zhou to be there for the long term. He could be there for a year, maybe two, depending on how things go. And obviously, if they well, actually more depending on what a poor chair does. I guess more so than Basically, anything else. Yes. Um, if he shows any semblance of being capable of being, you know, getting in formal machinery, then away he goes. He's there, but. So you have that second driver rotating, but you have Valtteri Bottas nailed down for three years. He's your team leader. He's, he's someone that you know is going to be here for the foreseeable future. He's who you're building around. He can guide and lead the team. He's he, he's there. He's your present. He is your present and your short to midterm future as well, even despite his, him being, what, 31, 32, 30 years old? <laughs> yes. Um, which is fine. Like, again, we talked about Alonso going into his 40s, etc. You, if you're good enough, you can do it. This is what I'm thinking with Haas, you see, because like again, how long is Mick going to be there for? How long is you know? This, these are the things I'm. This is that's this is what I'm thinking about more so. With so, at least I don't know. This is the problem. Like again, it was, I think we're going to see a lot about Haas, depending on who they choose for this for this seat. Yeah, there was a very third field option. Well, there's two very third field options that were thrown into the hat. One of them that I don't think is possible. I'm pretty positive the other one isn't possible either. Which would be... The first one was Colton Herter. Now, this has been linked for the last few weeks just with Andretti on its own, never mind with Haas. We both, I, we were both in conversation the other day and we both said that this just isn't possible due to super license points as much as we'd like it to happen. Yeah, the, same, same reason for the for the one, that one person on... Was it, uh, was it Twitter or the race's uh It was on the race article. Um, that said, Roy Asani is like, yes, he brings a sponsorship, but he actually cannot compete in F1. He does not have a super license, doesn't have the points. And Colton Herta is the same situation as far as I understand. And it's the same for some of the other suggestions in that race, the race's article of uh, Liam Lawson, and but but not Yuri Vipson, apparently. 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, to my understanding, Yuri Vips has the super license as he is Red Bull's reserve driver. So, those, like Speaking I said, those, that, those seem to be less likely, but yeah. Andrew Benson from the BBC. Oh, God. Yeah. Came up with the name Jehan Daruvla. <laughs> no, I believe he does have the super license. He so... probably does. He probably, because he was very high up in F3 when he came through. Yeah, you get a lot of super license points for F3. High up. Yeah, he finished third in F3 when he came up. And then he's had three? This is a third year in F2 this year. And then he's had two yes. years pretty much near at the front. He won a couple of races last season and a couple the year before. So I'm pretty positive he's there or thereabouts with the super license. I'm sure there's something that can be juggled to get him in there. But I really don't see that one happening. Mm. That, that's a very third field choice. But. You never know, it's Red Bull. They could push to get sure. him in there to keep um, what's his face on, on his toes, <laughs> Yuki Sonoda. Never um, know. The joys of being dropped down to Haas. Yes. <laughs> well, again, we'll see what the pecking order is. Uh, like, yeah, or moved up to Haas. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> yes, uh, there is that option. I would laugh if Fred Vissor decided to have a, you know, just get Gunther on the phone because I think Porche's got a super license. I think he's got the points. He does. Um, imagine could you imagine that yeah well like Guan Yu you've not even started for our team yet but bye bye and then you could swap Joe and get his sponsorship in uh, yeah. get his money I, in for uh, for Haas that that would be I'm, interesting I'm sure Fred would do that in a heartbeat no two cents about it he, he, that would be done it'd be done by now in, in terms of this announcement I'm expecting it by Tuesday at the latest yeah apparently we're to expect it early next or sorry early this week so yes today possibly possibly so by the time you've listened to this this could have already been done ah well this will be this is this will go live at 7 a.m so <laughs> technically you'll be, be in this in the in the universe before the h9 p.m announcement slot you, you say that but f1 have tweeted things at like 4 a.m before for some only, bloody reason only because the miami um one of them was Miami, but only be, like I, I can't remember what there is some. I know I know exactly what you're thinking of as well. Um, only because of the announcement of some of these things has been very, very strange, very like some ridiculously odd timing. Yeah, but there. Uh, yeah, we'll see what I happens was... with uh, with uh, Mazepin's empty seat now. Yeah, because obviously the team's going testing this week. Right, so <laughs> you need someone need, in the car. They, yeah, they need to get at least get the seat fitted. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure Victor Powered is already ready to go with that respect, but. If there's a new driver, even just as a reserve, surely they've got to get a seat made up and things like that. So he's ready to crack and roll. Mm. So if the time comes. I'll ask for you for a prediction. Uh, I'm I'm very confident. I'd be very surprised if they go back on their word and or if uh, Fisipaldi passes on the offer, if he gets it. Uh, I'm expecting Fisipaldi to be announced to this seat. What, uh, what's, your, what's your prediction here? Oof, Piastri. Okay. But take Fittipaldi out of that situation, where do you go? If I take Fittipaldi out of the situation, I'd reckon they would do Giovinazzi. I don't like it. You're okay. But it's, yeah. it seems like, yeah. It's, Not an old German lineup with the Hulkenberg, Mick, Gunter, um, the German trio of dreams. It'd be nice. Isn't, Gunter, Aust- isn't Gunter Italian? He's Austrian. But yeah. Is he Austrian? He lives in it. No, no. Oh, sorry, he, well, he's, ah, see, he's apparently holds a dual Italian and American citizenship. That's the one. 
uh, hold Basically on. I, German. I know he lives yeah. initially. He's a Beto German, Graham. Uh, ah, he was born initially. Ha ha, fuck you. <laughs> uh, eat shit. Well, Total Wolf German is Austrian. Then. German Duma. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just... The problem with My be- heart is saying Piastri. It has to be. The thing with, like, the longer you are in, out of F1, the harder it is to get back into it. And Hulkenberg's been out there for two years. Um, Technically, that's incorrect. Well, for all intents and purposes. <laughs> you, you know, that that is the exact reason why I'm here. You do realise this, don't you? Yeah. I understand. <laughs> Uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, no doubt we'll have, we'll have, we won't have long to uh, to wait. Uh, this is when we wake up tomorrow and Roy Nassau is in that car. Stop. And, or another today, drive sorry, for today. <laughs> another outing for me here, uh, Javier Ragunathan. <laughs> oh God. Uh, the bigger, like, sorry, the, well, the biggest news of F1 prior to Max Pins losing his seat was that uh, Max Verstappen agreed a new long-term deal to the end of 2028. Ridiculous. So it's an extension on top of what he already has, believed to be at about 50 million euros a year, which puts him at what is it, about top 15 or so of, you know, uh, highest sports earners in the world. Your likes of, you know, your, your Roger Federer's, your Kevin Durant's, etc. Your very high paid NBA, NBA players, uh, your, I guess, Lewis Hamilton, <laughs> to make it more. It's uh, exactly the same as Lewis's, apparently. To a comparison, it should be one. Uh, euro more than what Hamilton's closely on. That's what I would have I would have demanded one euro and 33 cents. Yeah. <laughs> Just to make it that little bit more sweeter and then I'd have gone up to Lewis with my paycheck and been like haha <laughs> blessed lol. Now for someone of Verstappen's stature at this stage even before the world title this is a person who can obviously you know put in a lot of different clauses he wants because he could have easily left around 2017 to go to Mercedes like he could have easily done that but he decided to stay at Red Bull it obviously paid off he won a world championship with them now could you you could argue he could have won two or three if he had joined Mercedes but that's that's whatever that's not the point um mm-hmm. <laughs> ooh. wouldn't have been allowed wouldn't, oh okay wouldn't have been allowed I see uh, that would have been dicey for sure yeah that could you imagine could you to the st- step into the time machine there just to like look into that through that glass this is in, in our alternate universe yeah that would have been an, oh no that would have been an, and throw Vettel into that mix as well Oof. Ooh. that'd have been a spicy championship for at least two three years mm-hmm. Jesus Christ yeah <laughs> but uh so obviously, look, Verstappen obviously has tied himself down for a long time here, but I, I reckon unlike Norris, uh, he's probably given himself a lot more outs or potential outs should things go wrong or the relationship sour. Oh, yeah, definitely. I don't think Max is that much of an idiot to... Uh, I'm not saying Lando is an idiot, but he's an idiot. For it to time down till 2028, that takes Max into his 30s. So that's a hell of a long commitment. There was... There just has to be some form of get-out performance clause where if Red Bull are last or something daft like that, that he can walk away for nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read, But not to Mercedes. No, apparently <laughs> not. Uh, I read somewhere, someone wrote this during the week about this. Um, we talk about exit clauses. If you're, if you're exploring exit clauses, something's already gone wrong. Basically, yeah. Like Something is already not, not happening, not right there. 
before you yeah. decide to explore those. Before Speaking you pull of those, them out of the drawer. We need to talk about my exit clause. What is your exit clause? What would you What would you demand for your exit? Uh, I would demand a Kit Kat, a bottle of Budweiser, and then maybe a PS Five. Well. I was going to say, I'm glad you keep this on the cheap side because I can't even buy Grand Choice 7 at the moment. So you're doing great until you've mentioned the PS5, which you, for A, you already own. B, uh, I don't even own one. So. Exactly. Uh, Could you imagine you buy me a second one then don't buy yourself one? <laughs> I, I do like it and all, but... Uh, well, I, don't know I if, wouldn't say that. I, I don't know if I like it that much. <laughs> Wow! Wow! Um, there's not. Uh, yeah, well, briefly moving on. Uh, quickly moving on. There's not a lot to say about Verstappen uh, and that deal. It's just, uh, and obviously, it's the longest one on the calendar, which obviously eclipses the few that are in place until the end of 2024, which are obviously Ocon, as we joked about a lot, Charles Leclerc, and uh, I think Lando, of course. Oh, Norris, of course. He just extended his. Yes, uh, over half the grid is out of contract at the end of this year. Just to uh, yes. Silly season is upon us. <laughs> and um, I am very looking forward to it. It is without the racing, silly season is the best next thing. I love me. silly season. It is This is so dumb. I it, love it's it. even happening now, never mind. Yeah. Just with the one seat it's, it's <laughs> happening. It's, 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 for, it's for a half seat as well. Yeah. The scramble is unreal. And mm. like we've just said, there's there's us talking about it for half an hour. Never mind what has and Gunter are doing, yeah, and all the drivers putting their their uh, what's it, the CVs in. Send them through. Uh, before we move on to previewing testing this week, uh, Drive to Survive is out on this Friday, uh, for, which is season four, of course. Uh, we 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 only know a certain amount about this season. Um, in fact, they've There's given going to be cars in it. Yes, there are going to be cars. There's going to be some dramatic sound effects. Some incorrect sound effects. Yes, some incorrect layovers where, uh, you know... It's uh, already started with that. Yeah. In the bloody trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Where, like, it's, like, some piece of commentary on, uh, like, something from, like, practice or something. It's like, you're not on that tyre. I I know what you... You're not supposed to be on that tyre during the race. Um... So what do we know about like there's a, uh, there's an article on motorsport.com from Luke Smith just going over um the act we have some release obviously the release date the episode in some of the episode infos uh, we already already know of course we talked about this last year that Verstappen hasn't participated in it but of course they can still use like interviews from other publications and outlets like Sky Sports etc cetera, etc cetera. Yes I know there's an episode about Ocon and Sonoda fighting for thirteenth place at a, at a race. Yeah, do, absolutely. Do you want me to give you the episode names here? The first eight of here they have of, of ten. The last nine and ten are to be announced, but we've go uh, for it. So if you don't want if you don't want any spoilers <coughs> for this, I mean you're going to be seeing it anyways. But uh, if you don't want any spoilers for the episode uh, titles and descriptions here, uh, you can skip now. You can mosey on there again. This is all. This is all. Uh, time stamped so you can work away uh, episodes one's called clash of the titans uh, where it obviously begins at, at bahrain so i guess you're you know back to school kind of thing episode two is called ace in the hole and it revolves around daniel ricardo um sets out to prove Monza. a sort of force on the track meanwhile team lando norris puts on the pressure so probably going on to ricardo's early struggles uh, and maybe more so norris's uh, excellent early season form yes uh, I can already tell you I'm excited for this one. Num- episode number three, Tipping Point, 
Red Bull's Max Verstappen pulls off a string of victories. Lewis Hamilton of Mercedes struggles to keep pace. Later, an accident leads to controversy. Monza. <laughs> uh, I would have thought of Silverstone. Monza or Silverstone, one of the two. Yeah, I imagine. They, they, they put a lot of emphasis on the Monza one in the trailer, so I don't know. The one that is 100% less controversial than, than Silverstone. Yeah, Silverstone obviously is, is the big one. This will be an interesting one. Episode number four, A Mountain to Climb. The Haas team looks to reverse its recent fortunes with a new sponsor, two rookie drivers, Nikita Mazepin and Mick Schumacher. I still don't think that one will air. I think it will air because I, it's, I to do with the, it, it's to do with the 21 season. And it's not like yeah. he's involved, so to speak, uh, in, in, in the current affairs. So I, th- I think it'll still air. Uh, this one will be fantastic as well. Staying alive. Down but never out. McLaren's Daniel Ricciardo goes pedal to the metal in the hopes of ruining Ferrari's homecoming at the Italian Grand Prix. Now, straight away. What do you mean ruining Ferrari's homecoming? Straight, straight away. Even in the conversation. Yeah, straight away. That weekend had nothing to do with McLaren versus Ferrari. Absolutely nothing to do with it. Oh, um, because he won in Italy. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great. I can look. The connection, obviously, is that they're competing for P3 in the standings. Bush. Yeah, obviously he's going to set himself up for one of the ending episodes. It normally is McLaren fighting for the constructors but in one of the last episodes. Where were Ferrari in this race in comparison? They were there, just not... They were in the background, just not like on the pace with McLaren and Red Bull and Mercedes. Uh, episode 6, A Point to Prove. With Williams racing under new leadership, the story team looks to push its recent troubles in the rearview mirror and return to greatness. Yeah, that's obviously going to bring Hungary and Belgium up. Yeah. Of course. Uh, Growing Pains, Episode 7. They have the raw talents, but can they handle the pressure? Now, Yuki Tsunoda and Esteban Oka must sink or swim in the rough waters of F1. Uh, right in the fire for P13. Now... Ocon was never under pressure here because he signed a he deal uh, like very early in the season and won a race. So I imagine it's going to go into that. I imagine we might see Sonoda's Abu Dhabi in the mix here. Um, yeah, there'll be some race that doesn't even make any sense. We could get some good France toss in this episode, which is which might be good. Yes, I'd like yes. to see. I'd love to see a bit more of France toss. I guess uh, you know, barking orders or. You know, I guess I'm sure there will be a lot of that because of Sonoda crashing quite a lot. Yeah, so I wonder we'll see how much of that. And episode eight is the only one, uh, the last title they've announced uh, of the ten episodes, "Dancing with Wolf." Rumors fly about whether an up-and-coming driver will join Hamilton on Team Mercedes, potentially leaving Valtteri Bottas without a seat. Okay, so there's two episodes around Mercedes. Okay, that's interesting. Hmm. So. Yeah, so those are the eight episodes we know of, at least, again, according to mostmore.com. So I would laugh if they were very different or different yeah, orders. Yeah, quite a lot of them have had a preview of it already from what I've read. So, uh, yes, looking forward to that. Uh, it should be good. Obviously, it'll, it'll obviously be happening during testing. So I hope, I guess, I guess some people will be asked about, you know, if certain events in it during testing. So it might be fun. Yeah. Uh, speaking I'll be of watching both. Yes, absolutely. Speaking of testing returns, uh, I believe it's this Friday. Or sorry, is it Thursday? Thursday. It starts, it Thursday starts on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So the tenth to the twelfth, it will run. Saturday is an interesting choice, but of course this will be televised, will be broadcast. So I'm looking forward to uh, binging that. 
It's an actual test this time as well. An actual not, test. Not a pre-season. Not a pre-season. It's an official test. Do you think it's a necessary test, though? Could we have done, gone without one of the two sessions here? No. You reckon both are necessary? Yes, just for the first season of the new cars. The next year I expect it to go mm, back okay. to just the one one session. Uh, I don't. There's not a ton to re say in this spot, other than Ferrari have been chatting, or I guess Matipanato has been chatting, and he's expecting Ferrari are expecting Mercedes and Red Bull to bring uh, big upgrades to the second test, while they have said that they aren't going to bring a ton of new bits to Bahrain and they're going to leave their car mostly as is that's interesting in terms of data collection mm -hmm. and in terms of them either bluffing and then turning up to actual Bahrain GP race weekend and having an entirely different car which could be the case it's it's a bold thing to do but we'll see this is what Bonato have to say about it um it would not be much different compared to what we've got. So basically, uh, the plan for the car for the Bahrain test. I think that the first step for us is to optimize what we have. We are still far from the best performance, not only because we are running high fuel and not the best engine mode, but simply because there's a lot to exploit more from the car itself. We're more focused on that one, extracting more pace, uh, not only in terms of setting setup engineering, but as well in terms of driving style and the drivers themselves. So let's wait and see what the others will bring. Certainly, Ferrari will always be concerned, are always concerned on the upgrades of our competitors. I'm pretty sure they will be very, very strong by then. So I guess I guess the theory here is to completely understand what you already have before adding more to it. Obviously, there's a lot to figure out with these 2022 cars. Uh, most teams, bar McLaren mostly, uh, struggle with porpoising. Ferrari, obviously, one of those teams. Um, so I guess maybe to use the expression, they're trying to walk before they run. Pretty much, which is a wise thing to do. Sure. But I don't see... I just think they need to get the porpoising sword first and then focus on getting the data to correlate with what was going on in Spain and then go from there. So I guess on those lines, we'd expect... So obviously Ferrari, we're thinking going to not obviously have the same car, but they'll bring some bits, of course, but... Mostly, you yeah. know, just again more maybe understanding. Maybe we won't see the, the testing times, maybe light from them. I would expect a little bit more activity from Mercedes and Red Bull at this test. Oh, 100%, especially Red Bull. Especially Red Bull. And Definitely because they didn't get to do the uh, fast running that Mercedes did at the end. Mm. So there is that. Uh, McLaren, I'm interested to see what how they ramp up or how they show themselves to be after their very quite strong uh, Spain test. Yes, they they were... I would say they had the best car overall in Spain in terms of just pace and consistency, no porpoising, just seemed to be on point. So if they bring even more upgrades to it and they work, then mm. the Red Bull and Mercedes and Ferrari are in trouble. Uh, I think this test is very, very important for the likes. Obviously, the ones who struggled in Spain, obviously most notably Alfa Romeo and Haas. Uh, big test for them. Uh, Alpine seemed to be turning... They seemed very, very happy with the, turner, the, the corner they turned just before Alonso's hydraulic issue struck on day three. 
they've got a big test ahead of them. Uh, they think they could be very close to, you know, they were at least they, they, they said their data was very comparable to what, what Verstappen was doing. Uh, again, depending on what Red Bull were doing, of course. But, you know, there there's it seems to be a fair amount of optimism with Alpine heading into this test, obviously on the basis of what they saw in Spain. So they just need some good, clean running and not to run into any more massive issues like that where you're losing so like you lose an entire day essentially yeah and with there only being three days you can't lose a day maybe a morning but mm-hmm. not a full day no, and aston martin look uh Meh, i don't know mind, i don't know what to make uh but they were just they, just they were very meh i guess at the uh, the first test so we'll see what happens but yeah, I was just going to say, all they need to do is just do that again, pretty much. Yeah. Just go unnoticed and just keep pumping in lap after lap after lap and just getting themselves in a better position than there was last season, pretty mm. much. And, and just understand the car. And Williams are in the exact same spot. Yeah, basically. After their pretty underrated first first test. Yeah. I, I'm fully on expecting Aston Martin to be behind Williams. Ooh, that's interesting. Yes. Yes. Well, well, we might get an idea as to the pecking order a bit better after after this after this week because uh, after testing this week, I believe, like we're all, like the the Grand Prix itself is on the eighteenth to the twentieth. Like we're closer than I expected here to actually kicking proceedings off. We're going to have to do. We're going to have to sit down. I think next week, uh, or depending on how the weeks work out, we're going to have to pop in our. Uh, Preseason predictions. We've got to get cracking on those very, very soon here. Yeah, no, it'll have to be next week. It's going to have to be, isn't it? Because it's it'll be race weekend. We have to. Oh God, it will be. Wow. Yeah. We probably should have done that today, but nah. Oh well, <laughs> we'll be, we'll no, be. we couldn't really. Based on uh, you need you need the other test to see. Yeah, really, don't we? Yeah, and absolutely. Fall nicely. We could do a little roundup of testing, and then kick on into our predictions and I'm sure there'll be millions and millions of news articles that we need to cover in the podcast and they'll be in three hours long <laughs> it's very possible but yeah I guess in terms of any innovations and that kind of thing I expect again the floor battle I think is going to be big again this this year and I, oh, I'm yes. expecting a lot of I can't again looking forward to seeing like videos from the race uh, technical analysis from like, like Sam Collins and the such after testing days because I think there's going to be all, a team, I think teams are going to bring a lot more here uh, not only because obviously they're running off the understanding or the data they collected off the first test but obviously of course the Grand Prix takes place here in less than two weeks yes there is going to be a lot of innovations that we wouldn't have expected I'm, I'm expecting some bizarre ones to uh, come to fruition mm-hmm. so it should be fun and look we can see it unfold ourselves you know as as it all yes. unfolds with uh, it being broadcast. So, yeah, that should be fun. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to add on the test, or I guess in, in terms of anything else? Why is it at 7 a.m.? Why is it at 7 a.m.? That is. Yeah, I've booked the two days off and I've got to get up at bloody like quarter seven. <laughs> God's sake. I was expecting like eight o'clock, I was okay with. Bloody seven o'clock. You've got Sky, can you not record it? No. No, it's, I, I watch it on Now TV, so. Oh, yeah. Oh dear. That's Otherwise, I would, and then catch up on the lunch break. Yeah, have an extra hour in bed. Do it that way. But no, I will get up and have a shower before it all kicks off, and then just lie in bed all day and not move, and then play GT at dinner time. That's that's the plan. 
No, if I that is incorrect. Drive the survivors out. Yes. That is what I'll be doing. Uh, a quick, I guess, a quick prediction. Who's going to have, like, which team's going to have the fastest lap at the end of testing here? McLaren. McLaren. Okay. Yes. I you? will go with Mercedes, but I think it will be a glory run. Yes. In terms of, like, actual fastest, I think it will, I agree with Mercedes. In terms of actual fastest, in terms of pace, but giving like fuel and tire correctness or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. I would say McLaren, hundred percent. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm expecting someone to do a glory run. Oh yeah. Like I'm pretty sure that's what AlphaTauri did towards the end of the. What they were they P three or so, something yes. like that. Yes. They were looking. To be fair, they were looking quite good at that track. To be fair, but yeah, and then Gasly decided to lose his front wing. And yes, Sonoda decided to be crap. But yeah, well, well, well that, that was that was Sonoda's one of his best races until <laughs> near the end. Until yeah, until the last race, pretty much. Yeah, maybe, apart from maybe was it Baku? Yeah, wasn't that? Even that was only by chance. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. So. Let's just say anything else you'd like to add. That is going to do it for another edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. We've done it. We've kept it under an hour this week. I'm very proud of us. I'm going to delay. I've got something I want to talk about. Have you? <laughs> no, I don't. I really don't. <laughs> it's like I'm just hang off from this call very quick. <laughs> what do you mean, call? This is all recorded in a studio. Of course. We're the big. We, we've got the big books. Here. Can't you tell we're from the same area? What do you mean? We live in the same house. Oh, you're, that's right. I mean mansion, of course. <laughs> yes, yeah, so all the money this podcast makes, you know. All uh, the ad revenue, all the cha-ching. Yeah, just... That's why I'm going to work tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, that's going to do it for another edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. I've been Graham. I have been... Shit. Um, yes, you have, on a regular basis, but... Whoever just won the MotoGP race for the first time for a team for the first time in 16 years. I did see that. Um, yes, and I don't know what the team's called, but I think his name's Bastian or something like that. For reference, like that's like when Michael Schumacher last won a race. Yeah, it's like Minardi winning a race, pretty much. So that's how that was, and that was a while ago. <laughs> yes, so, insane. Yes. And uh, we shall see you next week. <laughs>